the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And in this corner, weighing in with his take on current events, the smarty of the party, the mighty might from the right, the heavyweight of debate, the man who's in cahoots with the grassroots, the broadcaster master, Jimmy Sangenberger. Good morning, Merry Christmas, and Happy Saturday. Jimmy Sangenberger here with you. News Talk 710-KNUS. Merry Christmas indeed, if you can believe that tomorrow is, in fact, Christmas Eve. And then Christmas Day coming up after that. Then uh, you're paying attention to... The days as they come one by one. If you can't believe it, you're probably like me and you're just blown away by the passage of time. Good to be with you on a special Christmas edition of the program. We've got serious topics that we are going to dive into today as I want to sink my teeth into the absurdity of the Trump disqualification decision from Tuesday. I know that's been the all the talk and all the rage this week. We'll bring up the discussion today here in just a bit as well on this program. We've got some other topics that we may dive into. Um, new attention being brought to bear on the University of Colorado over the Ethnic Studies Department's rampant anti-Semitism And now we know that the University of Colorado Boulder stands behind it while trying to say, no, we don't. Uh, We think it's anti-Semitic, but we we don't agree with it. But uh, it is free speech. Now, free speech is is really important to all of these college campuses, isn't it? Uh, This is a story that I've been covering for months now here on KNUS and in columns in the Denver Gazette about the anti-Semitism at CU Boulder. That's a topic we'll get into later on in the program, some immigration stuff and more. Lots to discuss today, but we also have some fun coming up. We've got Santa Claus. Santa's coming! He's coming to town and coming to the show at the top of the 7 o'clock hour for our annual check-in. Some Santa satire fun coming up at the top of the next hour. And then we'll be joined by Pastor Gino Geraci here on the program to talk a little bit about Christmas. He is always fantastic. I look forward to speaking with him again here on the program. 
Of course, our telephone number, if you want to join in to the festivities, 303-696-1971 is our telephone number. You can also text into the show on the 710-KNUS app on your smartphone. Name in town, name in town, if you wish to text in, please. And, of course, there are a few ways you can email yours truly, 24-7-365. One is to log on to 710knus.com and go to the Jimmy Sangenberger Show page. You can also go to my website, jimmysangenberger.com. Keep in mind, there's no A, I, or U in Sangenberger. It's all E's all the time. Once you know that, Sangenberger is easy. Looking forward to um, all the messages that come through and your participation on the program, 303-696-1971. Again, our telephone number. So earlier this week, one Donald J. Trump is the subject of a decision by the Colorado Supreme Court that said, you know what, this guy, he, he's disqualified from being on the ballot in Colorado for the Republican primary. Now, this is astonishing because, of course, we are talking about a state court. That's no small matter when a state court takes it upon itself to remove a federal candidate who is running nationwide from the ballot in one single state. That, to me, is the height, if not the definition, of absurdity. I don't care where you come down on Trump, the precedent that is set, the arguments that can be made from this decision, the implications of it, particularly if the Supreme Court of the United States, SCOTUS, weren't to strike it down and say, nope, this is wrong, we're overturning the Colorado Supreme Court, would be perilous. The risks of the court not overturning would be dramatic. Now, I expect that the U.S. Supreme Court will, in fact, do the right thing and overturn this ruling, just as they should. But the implications and the fallout from this, nevertheless, are going to be dramatic and very, very real. I wrote about this yesterday in the Denver Gazette. I have a piece as well coming up in the Washington Examiner, a national piece this coming Tuesday. And in these articles, I lay out several points, including that this is a Christmas gift for Trump. And it's the Christmas gift that keeps on giving. Because he's able to make significant hay out of this going into the Iowa caucuses, suck the oxygen out of the room from Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis. I think there are two others that are still running for president as well. But he can raise the money, which he's already doing, and rally more support from this ruling. Oh, it it is... uh, Abominable, they're keeping me off the ballot. 
Trump was on with Hugh Hewitt this week, and he had this to say. We're in the process of doing it. Everybody thinks exactly what you're saying. They're trying to take the election away from the voters. And this is the same group. I guess it's crew. I've beaten them about 20 times. I beat them on emoluments. They sued me. They sue me in anything. It's a group of radical left lunatics, and they sue uh, anytime they can. And this one is really a crazy one. And if they ever did that, it would be so bad for this country. You have no idea. And you, you understand it would be it would be a big problem for the country. Oh, and, I think it will be a 9-0 reversal. I hope it comes today. But I want well, to make I sure you appeal. I think well, it's the kind of re, a reversal. It should not be given any credit, not even the credit of one Supreme Court justice. Yes, it should be a unanimous decision rebuking the Colorado Supreme Court. In fact, Professor Jonathan Turley of, uh, I believe, George Washington University made the argument this week that, yes, it really needs to be a unanimous decision by the U.S. Supreme Court. I think it's a a critical challenge for John Roberts, who once said that at moments like this, the test of a chief justice is to try to eke out a unanimous decision. That would go a long way for this country if these justices can show that as divided as we are sometimes, that we're still joined by a sort of common covenant of faith as a democratic free nation. And what Colorado did was wrong. It was wrong legally, but it was wrong in terms of our values. In moments like this, in the minds of John Roberts, this needs to be unanimous, or they want a unanimous decision. And he's right. In moments like this, what does he mean? What did Turley mean by in moments like this? A significant issue of critical national import at a tenuous time for the country. Because we are at a tenuous time for the country right now in so many ways. And so to have a, a state court ruling be upheld for disqualifying a candidate from the ballot in one state. And then you have 49 other states. Maybe there's a few others that would say, oh, hey, let's look at Colorado. All right. They set an example. Let's remove them from the ballot in Minnesota. Or maybe they go back to court in Florida or what have you. Different states that have been addressing this. Rhode Island. Then you have a handful of states that remove him. And the majority that have him. You can't do that. Now you got the, by the way, the governor and the attorney general of California. And they're trying to figure out, okay, what can we do to disqualify Trump? Because insurrection. Look, regardless of where you would come down on January 6th and how you define that. Trump has not been convicted of insurrection, let alone anything, any crime. And to have a a state Supreme Court when the U.S. Senate didn't convict him following January 6th, 2021, when no criminal court has convicted him up to this point of anything related to January 6th, let alone insurrection. How can you do this? They use the 14th Amendment and they say, well, the insurrection clause of the 14th Amendment, which doesn't mention the president by name as an office, and there's a lot of disagreement over whether the president even falls under Section 3, a.k.a. the Insurrection Clause, of the 14th Amendment. 
But they say, well, it's self-executing. Well, you have to clearly have a definition of insurrection and a way of determining this. Here's how it's self-executing. He's convicted or somebody is convicted of insurrection. Then a court can say, okay, he's been found guilty of insurrection. Therefore, we can disqualify him from the ballot under Article 14 because it is self-executing. He is naturally disqualified. Self-executing doesn't mean that a, a court gets to take upon itself this power of disqualification unilaterally and self-execute that provision by saying, well, we're going to say he's guilty of insurrection, so therefore he's out. As I write in the Gazette yesterday, if state courts gain unchecked power to determine presidential eligibility under the insurrection clause, it sets a precarious precedent, a tool easily wielded without due process by others. Imagine a Texas or Florida court dismisses Biden's candidacy over the crisis at the southern border or something related to Hunter Biden and business dealings in China, saying, oh, he's guilty of insurrection, therefore he's got to go. Now, Democrats could say, oh, those are totally different things, but no, they're not. Not in this context of the 14th Amendment, and disqualifying somebody from the presidency. Because in this case, the Supreme Court of Colorado unilaterally decided, okay, he's guilty of insurrection, and number one, and number two, needs to be disqualified. Will not be on the the primary ballot. And such an ad hoc approach to disqualifying a federal candidate For one of the nation's two nationwide offices, the other being vice president, elected offices, poses inherent risks, barring Trump from a single state's ballot while running for federal office, yet with no application on a national scale. Colorado voters would be denied their chance to vote for a candidate on the ballot everywhere else, or denied their chance to vote against a candidate on the ballot everywhere else. Left-leaning national columnist Jonathan Chait put it this way. He called it a, quote, Rubicon-crossing event for the judiciary. And yes, it is. It has dramatic implications in that respect. Now, of course, let's put this in perspective. Trump is actually going to be on the ballot at least for the primary in Colorado, making this pretty much a a symbolic gesture by the Colorado Supreme Court, although there are widespread implications for it. Once, So they stayed the decision until January 4th, the ballot certification deadline. But once the Trump campaign files its appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court, then the clock on that stay continues indefinitely until the U.S. Supreme Court decides. So Trump will end up being on the ballot. But at what cost? At what cost does he end up on the ballot still after the Supreme Court makes this damaging decision?
When we come back, though, I want to break down why this shouldn't be a surprise from the Colorado Supreme Court, and not just because all seven justices on the Colorado court were appointed by Democratic governors, but also if you look at some of their partisan decisions, the implications, or rather the the hints that are suggested by that say a good deal. But what are your thoughts on all of this? 303-696-1971. Does this get somehow affirmed by the U.S. Supreme Court, or does it get struck down? Is this really, or overturned, is this really a Christmas gift for Donald Trump as well? To what extent does he benefit from this and the other candidates just get shut out because of it? 303-696-1971 is our telephone number. We'll pick up the conversation on the other side. Jimmy Sangenberger here with you. News Talk 710-KNUS. Jimmy Sangenberger on Denver's local talk leader. News Talk 710-KNUS. Better not pound, I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. He'll be making a list, checking it twice. Gonna find out who's naughty and nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. He sees you when you're sleeping. Knows when you're awake. Knows if you've been bad or good. So be good and go for goodness sake. Oh, you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. A little jazz from James Taylor as we come back. Santa Claus. Coming to town tomorrow night. He's coming on this show at the top of the 7 o'clock hour for some satire fun here on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. News Talk 710-KNUS. Again, our telephone number, 303-696-1971. As we continue talking a bit about the Trump decision earlier this week by the Supreme Court of this state of Colorado, a decision that comes across as so partisan and political and wrongheaded that even John Kasich was on MSNBC blasting the decision. Yeah, remember John Kasich, the former governor of Ohio, who ran against Trump and has, ever since he lost to him in the primary, had just shown disdain and opposition and all of that for a long time. Well, even he is saying this is just boneheaded. Look, you've got a partisan court, all Democrats, and they barely, they barely could say that he should be disqualified. And think about the precedent of this. I always worry about that. I worry about the fact that, you know, I've told you this before, you know, you do this to me and then I do this to you. And this just goes on and on and on. And I I just think this case is going to it's not going to hold up. And uh, it has a significant if it were to hold up. You tell me what what we're looking at in terms of future decisions being made by partisans, uh, partisan judges that tell somebody who should be on the ballot and who shouldn't. And frankly, I know there are probably a lot of Democrats excited about this, but I got news for them. 
or some advice for them. Why don't you figure out how to beat Trump? That would be a more important decision. But what am I watching for? I'm watching for the court to just reject this. I hope they're going to do it on a, you know, with Democrat, with with that court being divided. I hope it'll be pretty close to unanimous. That's John Kasich saying, I hope it'll be pretty close to unanimous that they strike this down. Here's the thing, too. Trump is not going to win Colorado. He lost this state by nearly 14 percentage points. If he's the nominee, he's not going to win the state of Colorado. So their disqualifications from Colorado's ballot doesn't really have an, uh, an impact, almost certainly won't have an impact in that way. It is the political implications that have an impact from all of this. Now, this was, in my view, a grandstanding display of judicial activism that does amount to a symbolic gesture. He's going to end up on the primary ballot, and no matter what happens in the general election, he's not going to be winning Colorado's electoral vote. So this is a suspenseful narrative, but it's one with a foregone conclusion. But the Supreme Court really does offer a political smokescreen for Democrats, while they fan the flames of political discord. Activist judges playing their part for political theater, not justice. Now, I have a piece coming up in the Washington Examiner this week where I delve into that partisan aspect that you just heard John Kasich mention. He said, okay, this was a partisan court all appointed by Democrats. That's very true. And by the way, Yes, Republicans brought this case to the Colorado court system. A handful of Republicans, what I think four different Republicans who just despise Trump, but they did it through and under the auspices of Trump mentioned them, crew, citizens for responsibility and ethics in Washington. It is a left wing front group. Let's just keep that in mind. But as I write and point out in the Examiner this coming Tuesday, it isn't really a surprise that the Supreme Court of Colorado would reach this partisan decision. Again, entirely handpicked by Democratic governors, but they have an extensive history of decisions benefiting Democrats. For example, remember that Colorado is the one state in the country, the one state in the country that has a taxpayer's bill of rights. A bulwark in our state's constitution against excessive spending and soaring taxes. And that's through setting a revenue cap for the state government And, of course, mandating that we voters get to approve local or state tax increases. Now, we know that the Democrats have been waging war against Tabor, against this vital protection for years, whether it's from the ballot box. We saw most recently what happened with Proposition HH, but they've done CC. They've done other notable efforts to trounce Tabor. At the ballot box, repeatedly denied by voters. And then, of course, there was the failed years-long legal challenge in federal court. Went on for like a decade 
couple years ago, a judge ruled against federal court, dismissed a case, didn't just rule against, dismissed a case about the taxpayer's bill of rights supposedly being a violation of the Constitution's guarantee clause, that we are all guaranteed a Republican form of government, and somehow because the legislature isn't allowed to unilaterally raise our taxes, well, that makes Colorado not a Republican small r form of government. It was absurd. A judge dismissed it. But they've been trying in all sorts of ways to go against Tabor. Now, the one place where they have found success is the Colorado Supreme Court. Remember, it is the Supreme Court in this state that greenlit on multiple occasions unconstitutional tax increases masqueraded as fees by the legislature. And of course, Polis has signed multiple fees into law, including, remember that gas tax that they call a gas fee? They didn't want to come to a vote of the people to say, hey, will you raise the gas tax? So instead, they voted a separate gas fee on top of the gas tax. Or the Amazon delivery fee, the DoorDash fee, all of these fees that have been rendered legal courtesy of previous decisions by the Colorado Supreme Court carrying water for Democrats' agenda to eradicate Tabor. Flagrantly unconstitutional. You know what's also flagrantly unconstitutional? Remember in 2020, the Democrats said, okay, we're going to adjournment temporarily. We're going to extended recess, rather, from our 120-day legislative session because of COVID. Okay. They went recess. Came back months later. Saying 120-day legislative session. Well, that's non-consecutive. You don't have it to be consecutive. Whereas it has always been, from history and the text of the state constitution, viewed as consecutive, 120 days straight, the Supreme Court bolstered Democrats saying, oh, no, it doesn't need to be non-consecutive. It's non-consecutive meaning that Democrats could recess and return at their leisure. And, of course, the Colorado Supreme Court has upheld unconstitutional state restrictions on gun rights, like the sweeping ban on large-capacity magazines, and the list goes on for partisan decisions. This should not be a surprise to anybody that this court would engage in such a partisan political decision. And I, I think when we look at the Supreme Court in this state, the implications are important to consider when you have a court make this kind of decision. That's what it's all about, especially when He's not going to be 
off the ballot for the primary. He's going to end up on there. And you have the um, fact that he's going to lose in, in Colorado when it comes to the general election. You don't lose by 14 percentage points and then come back for a swing in victory the next time around. And this state is increasingly blue and very anti-Trump. Republicans may not be, but Republicans are third in line for voter registration in this state. You got unaffiliateds, then you got Democrats, then you got Republicans. And frankly, Trump is also a mixed bag among Republicans. So the implications are bigger in terms of what it says and does to other states in the union. What it says and does in the political sphere of things. Now, though, Colorado may be a catalyst for a broader trend. Uh, Arizona, Florida, Minnesota, Rhode Island, those are states that have appeals in progress seeking the same kind of outcome as Colorado. So this really is bigger, much bigger, than one state or one election. This is a Colorado precedent that could become a harbinger of a surge in attempts to dump Trump from state ballots. But political considerations must never eclipse the law and good governance. Let's just be clear about that. And unfortunately, it seems that that's the route that they have taken. And the great irony here is it's also very much anti-democratic. There's a guy named Robbie Suave. He's co-host of a show called Rising that's put on YouTube by The Hill out of Washington, D.C., and he laid this out and expressed it, I think, quite well. You are free to think Trump is unfit for office, and you are free to think the legal system should hold him accountable. But you cannot wrap yourself in the cloak of democracy when you resort to anti-democratic means to stop him. Democratic Representative Adam Schiff is celebrating the ruling, saying that it's accountability for Trump's past actions. That's dead wrong, Congressman. Accountability would be the voters rejecting Trump due to his actions. If you take away this choice, you've only proved you don't actually believe in the principles you've sworn that Trump has violated. Let's make no mistake. Refusing to print Donald Trump's name on the ballot would be deeply, profoundly undemocratic. Trump is not a gadfly candidate. He is the current front runner. He is at this moment leading incumbent President Joe Biden in swing state polling. If the election were held today, he might very likely win. Are his opponents saying, we can't beat Trump, so it's okay to cheat? What does that do to their argument that it's Trump who won't play by the rules of democracy when they have gone to the court to beg the justice system to take this choice off the table for the American voters, who I suppose are too stupid to decide for themselves? And Trump is a threat to democracy? I think that is very well said. It's we need to erode democracy in order to save democracy. <laughs> how does how does that work? How does that work? I don't know. Uh, I don't think it works all that well. More on the votes taken from Coloradans by Newt Gingrich as well. A million three hundred and sixty thousand Coloradans voted for Donald Trump in the last election Four lawyers want to block him from being on the ballot. That means uh, basically for every 340,000 Coloradans who voted for Trump, one lawyer is stopping them. Uh, That's a system of 
establishment arrogance that's not sustainable. Uh, and the last great effort like this was the 10 states that refused to put Abraham Lincoln on the ballot in 1860. Uh, the American people are not going to tolerate, and I hope the Supreme Court fully understands this, the American people are not going to tolerate being told that they're not allowed to have a choice for who they want to have as president. Well said in that regard as well. Stephen Littleton texting in, Jimmy, and yet these and other judges get retained repeatedly by ignorant and or ideological voters. Small wonder they likely feel emboldened to act like complete partisan hacks. Well, sure, if you have no real threat of voters declining to retain, that can make a difference. Particularly in in state courts like this. I mean... I don't know. There is, a, of course, a case to be made for the life tenure aspect at the federal level. Um, when you have the U.S. Supreme Court, I think it would be very damaging if you didn't have life tenure. And the reason why is because they would be held, the, the politicians in the Senate would be holding politics over the head of the Supreme Court with every decision. So there are downsides to having that kind of accountability. But at the same time, we're talking about state courts in Colorado, and there's a different kind of accountability that comes from the people as opposed to legislators getting to enact partisan vengeance if they were to want to. So, yeah, uh, that's a a roundabout way to saying, well, I understand that there's a, a case to be made for keeping judges There's also a very strong case to be made in Colorado that, look, we need to have the judiciary change guard just a little bit every so often. Let's see what happens. 303-696-1971. We're going to take a break. We are overdue. We'll be back on the other side with more coming up on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. News Talk 710 KNUS. Listen to podcast of the Jimmy Sangenberger Show at 710knus.com. Every Christmas, it's always the same. I'm still here waiting, praying for you to find me. Welcome back. Jimmy Sangenberger here with you. Little Kelly Clarkson bringing us back. My guilty pleasure. She's got a tremendous voice. I would love for her to come out with a blues album. She'd knock that thing out of the park. Good to be with you. Welcome back. Merry Christmas. News Talk 710 KNUS. Let's fly through a couple of calls in the remaining time that we have. First up, Aaron in Denver. Good morning, Aaron. Merry Christmas. Good morning there, Jimmy Simmerberger. 
Merry, Merry Christmas. Well, you know, first of all, um, the last time Colorado had a, a Republican governor, of course, was Owens. Yes. And, yeah, and I, had, and, and I had to do a little reading. I don't know if he, when he was governor, and I forgot how many years he served, um, did he appoint anybody to the appellate court? or to the Colorado Supreme Court when he was the governor of Colorado. I, I, I don't know the answer to that, but I also yeah. don't know that, um, it, it, particularly on the Colorado Supreme Court, none of those appointees were Owens appointees. Yeah, because it, because here at the state level, you only get to serve 10 years, and after mm-hmm. that you got to go. Unlike the Supreme Court, yeah. of course, at the current at the Supreme Court level, it's a lifetime appointment. Natural. So, yes. you know, so uh, uh, I, I just can't wait till these judges leave. It's really it's really sad that these judges embarrassed the state of Colorado because it was a complete tsunami of embarrassment. Mm. And, and the decision was just completely stupid. <laughs> and and uh, it's just really sad that, you know, instead of uh, because it's, it's we the people, Jimmy, uh, we we run this country. You, I, who, who vote in this country, we run this. We run this country. It's not the career politician, not the career bureaucrat, none of that stuff. It's we the people. You can vote if you want, Jimmy. If you want to vote for Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, that's your <laughs> right. But 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 you got these four unelected. No, I, I, I Jimmy, you didn't vote for these judges. No, I didn't. I didn't vote for these judges. These judges were appointed by uh, a governor, whether he had a D or R on his forehead. I don't care. Yeah. But but uh, but even if you're appointed, you still got to be fair on that bench. Sure, you still got to nope. use some. You got to use some common sense. Aaron, you got to be rational. I think that's well said, brother. Thanks for the call. We got to right. move to David in Thornton up next. Do I understand you have an 85th birthday coming up, David? I'll be 85 tomorrow. I Happy a, birthday, uh, brother. I was born the night before Christmas, 1938. The night It was the night before Christmas and all through the house. Every creature was stirring, including the mice, because David and Thornton was being born. Merry Christmas <laughs> and happy birthday, brother. Same to you. Uh, uh, Merry Christmas to you, uh, I look back and, you know, everything Donald Trump says is right. You know, he every one of his speeches, he says, you know, they're not after me. They're after you. I'm just standing in their way. And you know what? He's right. They're going right after you, Mr. Voter. If you want to vote for Trump, we're not going to allow you. That just every time Trump says something, you know, it comes out to be true. I don't know about every time, but certainly in in a lot of respects, that's that's the case, David. In, in this instance, I I look at it and I say, okay, they claim, uh, folks claim that this is saving democracy, but you're using anti-democratic means to save democracy. Um, that just doesn't make sense to me, and certainly it does deprive people of Colorado. Republicans or in the general election of their right to vote for a particular candidate who um, should be on the ballot. Well, to me, they're saying, you know, saving democracy. No, they're trying to save Democrats. <laughs> you know, Not democracy. Uh, we're trying to save I agree. Democrats. I agree. Save democracy. Yeah. Uh, save Democrats. <laughs> 
through anti-democratic yes, means. Not democracy. We're not talking democracy. We're a republic. We're trying to save Democrats, yeah. not democracy. We're a republic. <laughs> Wait a minute. What are you talking about? Yeah. Here? Hey, that's a, that's a good point right there. Democrats. David, I got to run. But again, happy birthday. 85. That's amazing. I look forward to you calling into this show, to the station, when you turn 90, brother. <laughs> well, hopefully. Keep it going. God Hope. bless you. And uh, Merry Christmas, too. Merry Christmas to you and Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy New Year. David and Thornton turning 85. Wow, that's wonderful. Hey, Jimmy. Text coming in. Jay from Louisville. I'm an attorney. And the one thing that stands out here is the emphasis on partisanship rather than this question. Does the Colorado election law allow the court to do what it did? And if so, should it? I think the weakness in their argument is the state's authority, and I tend to be more okay with a decision like this implicating the general election rather than private political parties. All that to say too much focus on outcome and not enough focus on form. That's fair. Uh, That's fair. I do question the legitimacy of this under Colorado state law, but I also would question, let's say it is appropriate or permitted under Colorado state law. Is that allowed under the federal constitution? Because this is not just a state issue when you're talking about a federal candidate for office in states across the country. And actually, I would disagree that there's a difference between private political parties and general election. In the sense that general election is even greater import, you have just a couple choices to become president, not just the nominee, for 50 states, plus D.C. and in the territories. Big deal. Keep it here. Santa's next. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.